Last summer, a pair of engineers under an unfamiliar commander made the journey south from the frigid Aurora Fortress to begin work on the prototype that would become the Aurora Legion First Fleet. The prototype passed into new hands as a schematic from the Age of War rose from the seabed. In a sleepy seaside village, it saw a side character become a hero and an orphan become a pirate. From a bay near the forest, it saw a reckless fool... Well, it didn't see her learn much. In the wild seas off the southwest coast, it saw its owner become its captain. Now the Westbreaker, on its way to the great city of Stageport, is preparing to meet its own destiny in the ice flows of the West, under the hands that have become its crew. Welcome to Sword of Symphonies. I am Kat, your mysterious shipwright. With me today are Nick, the captain. Is the game the ship now? Is that why you're, you're the shipwright? Kathleen, your hero. Mm. That's a lot of responsibility. Mm-hmm. It is. I believe in you. And Kirsten. She's still Kirsten. The person who didn't learn much. You didn't learn anything. <laughs> and Kirsten. And Kirsten. I was worried that there would have secretly turned out to be two of us all along of something. Mm. After that intro. Mm. That would be very mysterious, wouldn't it? That would be very, very mysterious. Well, we will have plenty of time for amazing plot twists in season two. Or heck, season one isn't even over yet. It's not over yet. Oh, we have the end credits stinger. It could be like a big twist clickhanger. Yeah, no, it's it's the scene after the credits where Samuel L. Jackson shows up and everybody's like, oh, it's him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, good, excellent. So previously... <laughs> God damn it, Cat. Play <laughs> my wevel. Play <laughs> my wevel. No, I, I think that was I think that was a perfect take. Let's keep going with that one. <laughs> oh no. Okay, okay. I'm a calm grown-up. I'm a calm grown-up. <laughs> Previously on Sword of Symphonies, the party shoot bird. Mm-hmm. Well, Shot bird. I mean, we did shoot it. Yeah, we. Nobody tried to hurt bird. Just shoot bird and make bird very upset. Yeah. Yes, we 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 fired the spooky shell at it and scared it away. Scared it away, made it not hungry no more for eating people bodies, which it was quite hungry for. We decided maybe it wasn't worth the trouble. It decided that you guys were, as sometimes happens, too much trouble. Like when I eat filiberts, and then eventually I'm just like, no, no, it's too much trouble. I'm going to eat chips. Not me. I'm hazelnut for hazelnuts. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, does that make us, the, are we the hazelnut crew? That's very cute, actually. So it is time because we have, oh, we've completed Cobb's arc. We have completed Cobb's arc. Did I give you guys skill points? Did I do that? Uh, yes, we, we got five did. We points. didn't do them on camera. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, we did not. So you guys have gained some skill points. Anything interesting you want to share with the audience? Skill points. Thanks, Nick. Tissa took another performance. Ooh. Ooh. So she has two now. That's very lovely. Did Penelope take anything horrible? I didn't, actually. I took one navigation because I was like, 
could be good to kind of know what I, where I'm going. Nothing much knows where I took another survival nautical because I'm learning boat. Learning how to boat. Mm-hmm. Learning how to boat. Uh, does Cobb also get them or is yes. it just everybody else? Cobb okay. does. Cobb also gets these. And now that we're between arcs, it's time for a Westbreaker episode. So while ship is on the way to Stageport, or even once we get to Stageport, what scenes do we want to do? What about before we go to Stageport? Because we shot a bird, but Tissa also maybe kind of found the treasure. This is true. And I think that Tissa would be really annoying about the fact that there is the treasure and she doesn't want to leave another thing that we talked about as being important on some inaccessible ocean place again. In fact, it probably goes like this. The next morning when everyone is about, well, I don't know. Is it next morning or is it while everyone is still scattered? It's the middle of the evening. (laughs) Everyone's had a real uncomfortable dinner. (laughs) Well, we already ate before we shot the bird. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, sorry. Carry on. Um, is, uh, um, do you, um, did you know that, um, that the treasure is actually here? Because we found it, but then the bird was happening and that was more important. Cobb kind of like takes a swig from his refilled hip flask and just kind of mulls it around in his head and goes, the real treasure is probably the friends we've made along the way. But physical treasure is no, really there, nice, too. There, Do you know where it is? It was, it was, do you remember the harp? From a mill... Um, do you remember the harp? When, it from was, when we yeah, met? Yeah, I do. It was very pretty. Yeah, but it's, it's, it, it's like that, except that it's here on this island. There's a place where it's really quiet. Mm. And you think that's, that's where it is? Everything's loud here, but there's a place where it's quiet. I, I would like to imagine Cobb is sort of like, is nodding along and, and humoring Tissa and also like getting a shovel. Yeah. <laughs> like, at the mention of a place that's really quiet, Marcus is just silently rubbing Aww. his temples. Do you wanna, how are you doing, Marcus? I am no longer dying, which Mr. Cobb is going to regret. Oh, regret nothing. I told you there's nothing to worry about. And mm. and cops sort of like puts the end of the shovel up on his shoulder. Uh, you you take it easy now. I think there's something that uh, I think there's something I need to go get. <laughs> Sot is like right there behind you, like right there, just like yes, let's go, let's go. Mister Sot, Tissa, would you lead the way? Uh, yes. Tissa, are you all right? I'm fine. It's very loud. I know. I know. Um, that is two successes, two edge successes (laughs) to sort of lead herself back to where she was running in and out of the tree lines and notice that like, oh, it's quieter than it should be here. Okay. I think the more successes, the closer you're going to be able to get the party to this treasure. But if you choose to keep those edge successes. Cobb is going to make really bad jokes the whole time. No, he's going to make bad jokes the whole time anyway. (laughs) True. It's no bargain. It's no bargain. 
I don't know. I'm going to open the floor. Can anybody think of an interesting edge success uh, bargain for this one? Maybe the less of the treasure we'll be able to dig up or something? I was thinking we'll find the treasure, but goats. <laughs> like, the treasure's covered in goats? It's just covered in goats. <laughs> and now that the goats know that the bird is gone, they're very annoying. You know what? I'm going to kind of build on that. I'm going to say that for each edge success you take, there will be a distraction along the way. <laughs> uh, the part of me that is building Tissa as a character knows that this is exactly how it goes. <laughs> but the part of me who edits the podcast and wants <laughs> things to happen on it. Oh, no. <laughs> But no, we have to be true to the characters, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe we'll compromise and go and I'll take one edge. Okay. You got you got to learn to represent all all the peoples that you are. No. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> and by that I mean it's time to pet goats. It's time to look. It might happen. Yeah. I am ready to roll dice at some goats. <laughs> I have all my fancy cob dice. Dear listeners, Kat was very nice, and for a Christmas vacation present, she got all of us dice for our characters. Yeah, I yeah. have Person, you'll, these you'll fancy be getting yours red soon. and yellow ones. Aww. Yeah. I have some very lovely sea blue and with, like, white, I guess, swirls? I mean, it's dice. They're swirly. Yeah. They're swirly and pretty. Yeah, blue, blue with white swirls. They're very pretty. And these, these are now, I'm going to be using them for Cobb. As you can hear them rattling around in the background there. Yep. My GM dice are green with gold pips. They're very earthy. I'm I'm really fussy. I'm really fussy about dice, you guys. Like, very fussy. Listen, listeners, I'm so fussy about dice. I'm so fussy. Did you choose green and gold because they're like the logo? Yes. Ooh. A little bit. And also because the tone is meant to be kind of pastoral. Right. And that's kind of what those colors... Yeah. No, that was... <laughs> That was why, yes. Nice. That's me. I'm fussy. So. Or dice distraction. That's the distraction on the way to the treasure. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> the party takes a ship, boat, little boat from ship, out back onto the island. And it is evening now, and the sun is low, and everything is quiet. You can feel the many crepuscular creatures on the island getting all ready for dusk, getting all excited for the like one hour window of their activity. And the waves are softly lapping at the beach. And Tissa, I imagine, uh, points in a direction. Mm -hmm. And it's time to go on an adventure. <laughs> now, Tissa does remember this quiet being on the way past that spring. And as you walk past the little spring nestled in the forest, you see that indeed a handful of the island's little goats have come out to play. They are bouncing on the rocks. They are trying to jump on each other. They are kind of tearing around in circles. They have found a rock they're very eager to be in charge of. <laughs> they're kind of bumping each other with their tiny horns and one of them sees you and like before this might be the same one even kind of approaches you and 
braces its stubby little legs and shakes its little horns at you. Oh. Penelope, like, reaches out a hand to pet it because it's adorable. And it, it clumsily headbutts your palm. Oh. Uh, that. <clears throat> oh, well, oh, cute, but also hurt my wrist a little bit. But cute. Red, are you going to challenge it? Because I think that's what that's for. Hmm. Penelope decides, sure. And, like, <laughs> gets down real, real low. <laughs> Makes herself look really small. Like, gets down real low. So little goat feel is, like, big. Yeah. And the goat, once again, shakes his little horns at you. I think you're just going to get bopped in the noggin there, Penelope. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. I, it's just playing. Yeah, it'll be fine. It, it didn't. It wasn't that much of a bop on my, when it hit my hand. It should be fine. So, we've got a couple skills that we use for associating with animals, um, survival. But because this is a domestic animal, riding would also do. Which I will do. I guess okay. daring riding because it's like I'm just straight up being like, "Hey, goat." Yeah. Yeah. Trying to outgoat the goat. Yeah. Two successes, one edge. Okay, two successes. <laughs> Tell me, what exactly are you trying to do to defeat this goat? Oh, I don't want to defeat it. I want it to win. Because <laughs> you're getting down real low, so Cobb's prophecy does come true. It does try to give you one in the noggin. Bonk. Oh, oh I guess it does smart a little bit more when they wind up and get a little bit more of a, a run at it. She yeah. kind of like rubs her head. Yeah. Uh, Good goat. job, goat. Good job. <laughs> Penelope kind of like lowers her eyes and looks like what she imagines a goat who is being like, <laughs> you win, kind of looks like. And I guess quite satisfied with its little self, the goat prances off to one of the nearby rocks to try to kick the ass of one of the other goats <laughs> who is currently standing on the rock. Oh, no. Watching all of this with interest. There's a little goat with black spots standing on the on the rock by the spring, observing, being in charge. And the goat who has uh, recently built up the courage from having defeated Penelope <laughs> hops up onto this rock and begins to square off against this other goat. Have I started a goat civil war? Or a goat coup? Coup de chèvre, I think, was the word that you were looking for. And they kind of rear up and bonk each other. Bonk. Bonk. Some of the other goats gather to watch. Others hop onto other rocks. One of them has found a tree stump that seems very, very fun and is prancing in circles on the tree stump. Several of them are just kind of splashing in the spring. Um, they seem pretty carefree. Mm. Bonk. <laughs> bonk. Bonk on the head. Bonk on the head. So... Sunset is quickly on its way, but these little bastards don't seem to care. They're uh, having a great time. Mm. Having a great time playing at the spring. Penelope could sit here all day. One of the goats tries to hop up onto Penelope's back. Now that she's on the ground, she's another thing that can be hopped onto. Because <laughs> that's what goats do. Yeah. <laughs> Penelope pulls out a croissant. Here you go. Uh... uh. You know what? The goat has no reservations. The goat eats the croissant. Good. <laughs> gives a joyful little hop bounce on the new surface it has found that gives it food. 
Oh, it kind of squished the lungs a little bit. Oh, okay. Maybe I should get up now. She kind of gets up and dusts herself off. Tissa is sort of taking a sip of water from the spring and kind of remembers a little bit what they're here for. And is so... The thing was that it was supposed to be someplace that the waves can't hear. Or it can't hear the waves. I don't remember which way it was. So it's a place where there's no sound of water? I guess. But it was in this quiet place that was... Tissa, like, makes a full circle and, like, ends up, like, essentially back facing the same direction that she was facing. That way still yeah 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 come on Alrighty, come on choo choo and Cobb is like trying to shoo the goats away to to let everybody through the goat that defeated penelope defeats its rival on the rock and is now in charge of the rock let's it a triumphant me <laughs> penelope the goat kingmaker yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the goat that ate penelope's croissant follows you guys a little ways, but eventually decides to turn around and go back to the other goats. Big guy, you said You said the word Ramsey once. She kind of blinks. As if that is some sort of complete statement. (laughs) Cobb is just like, uh, probably. Mm -hmm. Mm. Why would you bury something? Well, usually it was to, you would bury something because you had the law on your tail and you needed some place to stash things. That way, when all of the heat died down, you could come back and get it later. A lot of the times when this happened, or I guess for a lot of people, it happens at least once, is, well, the law finds you before you get your stuff back. Mm. And it just gets left there. I tried burying something one time and then coming back later after the winter, but I couldn't find it. Well, that's the other unfortunate thing about burying stuff. Even if you make good maps, sometimes you'll still lose it. Mm. Can I get sensitivity rolls from everybody? Two successes and three edges on sensitivity tracking. Okay. Yeah, Cobb is also going to do sensitivity tracking. He's kind of pointing the shovel at places and trying to figure out (laughs) where he'd go. Okay. Penelope got nothing. Ooh, Cobb got two successes. That's actually really good for Cobb, because that role is not very good for him. Both Cobb and Tissa notice that as they walk through the undergrowth, there's something dampening the sound of their conversation. A word comes out of Cobb's mouth quieter than he intended it to. And Tissa can hear it too, the waves growing a little distant, and the sound of tiny hooves on stones long gone. Yeah, see, mm. it's quiet. Hmm? <laughs> what, what was that? Hmm? Yeah, I get what you mean. Okay. And Cobb starts, like, looking around for, like, any sort of sign of where it actually, like, where it might be buried. And this is along the trail that you guys took, where you found the shovel, the moss with the shovel under it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would make mm-hmm. sense, wouldn't it? Yeah, and you actually spot another shovel. Again, covered in layers of soft, fluffy green moss. Oh, look, it's more moss. Hmm. 
here probably. So, are there two treasures? Um, more dig, more faster. Mm. Okay. Mm. More dig. Yeah, Penelope, give us a hand here. Um, oh, okay. You notice that as you tell Penelope to help, your voice is significantly quieter than you expect it to be. What, what was that, Cobb? Cobb just kind of, like, leans in. You help dig. Oh, okay, okay. Penelope starts poking at the soil and... The sound of shovel against forest floor is muffled, as if you're listening to it through a thick layer of cotton. And you dig and you dig, and can I get some athletics rolls from you? Daring athletics? Sure. Pick a facet. Three successes, two edge success. Yeah, Cobb is going to use daring athletics as well, because he's feeling all fired up after after the big victory, and some treasure would be nice. That was a pretty good roll. Cobb got four successes and one edge success. Okay. Cobb is very good at dig. Wow, that's so many dig. So many dig. Those Cobb rolled very well. Tissa isn't going to roll because she started helping with the digging, and then she started looking at like the grain of the wood and is just gone off somewhere at this point. Yeah. She's very scattered. Tissa's elsewhere for a little bit. Yeah. And Cobb, you feel it before you hear it. You eventually hear a loud clunk as your shovel strikes something. But before that, you feel it scrape something that isn't dust. I think we may have found something. Ooh, Let's see. Which Cobb kind of, I guess, has to sort of half yell at this point, or or full yell, depending on. Uh, half yell. You guys can still hear. It's just everything is muffled. And what you unearth is a good old-fashioned pirate chest. You know the kind. It's like it's rectangular in shape, and it has a domed top. Ooh. Never seen one of these before. It's a little, um, I guess, last season, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm... I kid, I kid. This is quite... Uh, this is actually somewhat of an antique. Let's, let's get it out. Okay, you haul out the treasure chest, and it is locked. Tinkering? Daring tinkering. Okay. All right. One success, one edge. I have several dice. Come on. Uh, okay. You know, it's not a particularly sturdy lock. One success is going to pop it open. It's an old, kind of rusty. Half of your work is clearing the dirt out of it. But the mechanism gives way eventually, and the top pops open. And the first thing you see is bright red fabric. Ooh. Tissa, you'd love this. Uh, huh? She holds it up, and is, is Tissa still exploring elsewhere? Yeah, no, this is, like, your best chance to rescue Tissa from wherever she is. So Penelope holds up the fabric and be like, Tissa, you'd love this, and looks back to, like, where she expects Tissa to be, and... Well, Tissa's right there. She's just, like, staring at the shovel's handle. Oh, okay. She unfolds the fabric and stretches it. How big is the fabric? When you unfold it and pull it out, what you see is a cloak. A hooded cloak of very soft red woolen material. The tale is true. Hmm. 
And you can barely hear yourself say that. Yeah, I think that Tissa is still in grains of woodland. <laughs> Penelope goes over and gently puts the cloak around her and, and says into her ear, Here, this'll help keep things quiet. And as the cloak is wrapped around Tissa, the world fades into silence. Everything is muffled. You can still kind of hear the party in the woods around you, but distantly. And it is very soft and quite warm. What? Where did everything... Huh? Penelope points to the chest. Oh. Oh, is... This is the... Oh. I need to do an understanding roll to see if Kat can tell the listener about Whisper Goats. This is, yeah, I can do it, but give me permission with a good roll, please. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, four successes. <laughs> That's so many oh, successes. Wow. Tissa knows a lot. You've set me <laughs> so free. You've set me free from my dice prison. That was what it needed. So the goat home velt is called that because it is home to a creature called a whisper goat. And in this broad expanse that covers the center of the melted continent, these goats live more or less completely free from predation, in part due to the fact that their fluffy wool absorbs all the sound around them, making them virtually silent. And wool taken from them has a similar property. This is a cloak of whisper wool. And Captain Ramsey was known to have adopted a whisper goat. Cobbage is kind of scratching his chin. But did she steal the color? <laughs> oh, um, there's other stuff in the bottom of the chest. This is just what was on top. <laughs> no, Cobbage is kind of doing one of those, hmm, you know, like your chin stroking moments. Because <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, what was Ramsey doing? We, we were the red cloak pirates, not her. <laughs> It's just a good color on her. Did you ever think of that? She just looked good at it. So in the bottom of the treasure chest, there are also four small casks, each probably uh, about the size of like a watermelon. So I guess like medium casks and a bag of something. It rattles and a couple small boxes. Cobb is going to take a look at some of the casks and, like, sort of drum on them. Do they sound like they've still got stuff in them? They do. What would be in the cask like this, Cobb? Just about anything, really. They called her Rum Runner Ramsey. Yeah. Oh. But uh, most likely that. <laughs> but you never know. It could be a nice scotch. Try changing things up, I guess? <laughs> it was not. <laughs> mm, do we take... That's the end of Tessa's sentence. Well, I haven't heard of what happened to Captain Ramsay for a long time now, so if she's still looking for this stuff, I, I think, well, I should say, if she is still looking for this stuff, that's very good on her because 10 years to not pick your stuff up as a pirate usually means something else. Mm. Penelope's going to kind of, like, shake one of the boxes. It rattles. Does it have a lock, or is it... Uh... Yeah, it do. It do have luck. Is it tinkering time? It's tinkering time. 
One Penelope. Two successes, two edge successes. Oh yeah, you can pop that bad boy open. It is a small jewelry box. And inside it, there is what appears to be a necklace set with several shining pieces of faceted amethyst. Whoa, look at this. She kind of like holds it up into the sunlight. Should we take the whole box? Mm-hmm. The box is pretty. Why don't we just take the whole chest? It has all the stuff in it, and it'll be a lot easier to carry. Sot kind of picks up one of the bags and gives it a shake, and it jingles in his hand. And his eyes just light up with what Cobb recognizes as the seeds of piracy. <laughs> <laughs> Treasure fever. <laughs> well, shall we go then? Yeah. Tissa, I think you can keep the cloak. You look nice in it. Oh, it's fluffy. It suits you. Now, Penelope, Mr. Sot, can you give me a hand here? Mm-hmm. Aye, aye, Captain. Yeah, pick, pick the whole chest up and probably it's going to go to... Uh, Cobb and Penelope to haul it back. Sot can carry some of the stuff to make it a little less hefty. Yeah. I think Sot can carry, like, the casks over, like, a cask over each shoulder for a while. Uh, actually, he can carry one cask. I think two is a bit much for him. And you guys make it back to the Westbreaker bounty in tow. Marcus kind of blinks. Still, there, I suppose there was treasure. No, it was real. Yeah, see how quiet it is here? Because, um, this is good for... And I made the whole thing quiet. Mm. I see. Is that how the cloak works? Because I get, like, Penelope didn't really know how it worked until Tissa... What? Hmm. I think you should probably rest, Tissa. Yeah... Let's have a nice rest and set out first light. Penelope attempts to try to find a way to fasten the necklace to Pollyanna that will, in a very fetching manner. That is so not allowed. That is so not happening. Pollyanna (laughs) is not having that. She's not having it. She hates it. She hates it. (laughs) She's not. She keeps like pulling her head up above you. Like, no. Uh Uh-uh. Polly. No. Polly, it'll look nice. Stamps her hoof. No. Mm. Um, Mm. Polly is very practical and Mm. thinks that Mm. it should be used to, like, buy a new master something. (laughs) Or, like, buy a new master. (laughs) (laughs) She's still mad. Still so mad. Marcus kind of fixes Cobb with a look and says, You weren't planning on letting Mr. Sot have whatever's in that cask, were you? Cobbler. Sot can have a little rum as a treat. (laughs) (laughs) And Sot's like, yeah! We'll discuss the spoils later. For right now, let's just, I guess, tally everything and add it to the ship's log. Polly doesn't appreciate jewelry, Penelope says, and she puts the necklace back in the chest. Scattered Tissa has one more question, Mm -hmm. and that's two successes and one edge on sensitivity focus. What is the Westbreaker like with the new mast? How is the mast and the Westbreaker feeling about this? The Westbreaker seems definitely happier than last time you were hanging out with the Westbreaker. <laughs> the mast is made of a different wood than the rest of the mm-hmm. ship. Looks a little clumsy and a little uneasy, but the ship is clean. It 
seems undamaged now that it's been repaired, and that's something. Yeah. Sometimes all we can do is carry on with a new mast. Some days you get to have rum as a treat. <laughs> we can take a closer look at it. This will get us over to at least stage port, though. Yes, Clara? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, Zeus. We can have the shipwrights there take a look at it. We've certainly got enough uh, extra stuff to help us pay for it if we do need to get additional repairs. Good job, piracy. Mm-hmm. Well, we just found it. This one wasn't on us. What's what's that my, my dad... Tri- oh. And that one book... Uh, laws. Statute of Limitations. Yes, that's what I remember. <laughs> I remember liking that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think that's a good place to end that scene. (laughs) (laughs) So my next question is, does anyone else have anything they want to do while either before the Westbreaker weighs anchor or before the ship makes it to Sageport? Penelope is pretty satisfied with what has happened on this island. And yeah, not much on her mind. Yeah, no, Cobb is good to be rid of bird. We've got some extra rum. Some spare rum. Some spare rum. Tissa has a super slick new coat. Tissa has the first piece of cold weather gear she has probably ever gotten. Ooh, that's gonna it's gonna come in handy. Oh yeah, because Tissa has explored mostly like warmer climates, right? So let's do a scene with Coach Cobb. With Coach Cobb and his athletic students. Which I think at this point is Clara and probably Sot. Yeah. Was Penelope with us last time? Yeah, Penelope hangs out. She sometimes follows, sometimes does not, as is the way with Penelope and most things. I think Cobb was mostly training Clara, who, because she lost. And, you know, you're doing your, your wind sprints, and Clara seems okay. You look over and notice that... Clara doesn't seem winded as usual. Hey, and Cobb kind of gives her a big pat on the back. Ooh. Ah, you're doing a lot better. Ow. Huh. It wasn't because I was slacking off, I promise. <laughs> no, I think uh, I think when you get back, you're going to, well, I think maybe you'll be putting the, the stereotype of the bookish nerd who doesn't get outdoors that much to rest. Hey. Hey. You, what? You get I've been outside a lot. I'm outside all the time. Looking at rocks. She's right. Well, I suppose I can't argue with that. Yeah. And she kind of makes a little laugh and stares out at the ocean for a bit. But, no, seriously, Claire, you've come a long way. Oh. Good, <laughs> good for you. Thanks, Coach. I, uh... Yeah, I feel better. <laughs> um... Commander and I are going to get off the ship once we get up to the wastes. First, I'm going to leave, which means I need you guys to take good care of Westbreaker. Well, I'll keep Penelope away from the delicate bits. Uh, hey. That's, thank you. Thank you, Coach. I appreciate that. But, but wait, wait. So you're, you're going to be separating from us? Yeah, um, you guys agreed to give us a lift. I have to go back to the fortress and make my report to the Archknight. 
Penelope like gives her like a huge bear hug. Ooh. Oh, we're gonna miss you. <laughs> it, it's still it's still a ways up the shore, Penelope. You can you can you yeah. can s- squeeze the rest of the life out of her when we get there. Clara scrambles like a feral cat. Just yeah yeah, put me down, put me down, put me down. After giving her a big bear hug, Penelope like, uh, where is Tissa at this moment? Tissa, I think, is either up in the crow's nest or, like, leading off the bow somewhere. So Penelope, like, calls over to Tissa. Tissa, we're going to have to throw a party. Huh? A goodbye party. Marcus and Clara are, are going to be going their separate ways once we land. Um, well, um, about that. Big. I'm going back to the Aurora Fortress to make my report to the Arch Knight about the First Fleet. Mm-hmm. And then I'm probably going back down to Hushwave to help supervise construction of more ships like Westbreaker. The commander isn't. He's, uh, he's got his own stuff to do. So he's going to be with you a little bit longer. He's going further up the coast. Oh, but we can still throw a party. Uh-huh. It'll, it'll, uh, like a party. Oh, he'll love the... that. <laughs> the commander loves parties. <laughs> you're, you're not going to get her to not throw you a party, Clara. <laughs> I was just hoping that maybe she would throw a party for the commander instead. <laughs> the commander can have a little party too. He loves parties. As a treat. <gasps> Oh, you should throw him a surprise party. No, once I'm gone, you should throw him a surprise party. <gasps> See what Ooh. happens. Uh, Maybe. I'll leave all the planning up to you. <laughs> okay, okay. And I can... Tissa, Tissa, how good are you at planning parties? One success and one edge on sensitivity humanity. That sounds like a trap. <laughs> oh? No, I'm sure it'll be fine. Penelope kind of looks at Tissa and then looks at Clara's face and is also going to roll sensitivity humanity. Does she see the trickery on Clara's face? Uh, two successes. Oh, good. I have Clara's character sheet open. Oh, excellent. Uh, she doesn't have subtlety either. No. Ah, crap. She doesn't have humanity either. <laughs> she doesn't care about biological organisms. <laughs> she didn't get a single success. So, yes, this is a trick. This is oh. a trick, and she's being a jerk. Oh, thank, thanks, Tissa. I don't know. I think you should do it anyways. <laughs> See? Coach agrees. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm teaching Tiny Hands the, the finer points of operating the ship. Um, it'll still need an engineer if she breaks down, but you should know the basics of how it moves. Good job, Sot. Sock kind of gives an awkward salute. He mostly just does whatever a grown-up tells him to do, which I find really endearing. Well. Reminds me of myself when I was young. I don't believe you. Cobb is also, like, very disbelieving here. Cobb is rolling to disbelieve. (laughs) I don't know. I'm, um... I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure everything will be fine. Just remember to throw that big surprise party, and it should be fine. So if not a surprise party, what kind of parties does Marcus like? Search parties. Surf party? 
I'm not familiar with those. I don't think he likes those ones either, Clara. Um, political parties? What's that? Um, tea parties, probably. <gasps> Ooh, maybe I can make fresh croissants. He, he might actually eat those. How many of those did you take, by the way? What? Never mind. Uh, I'll never eat another croissant as long as I live. <laughs> Neat. Oh, I'm glad I had an impact on you. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna eat healthier now. <laughs> Who can say I've been changed for the better? <laughs> anyway, before anybody goes anywhere, we're gonna go to Stageport. Have you guys ever been? No. Several times. I got so lost. Yeah, you can get mad lost, so don't get lost, okay? Okay. How how big is it? Like, mm, twice Northridge? Three times? <laughs> like, th- <laughs> a bit more than that. You like, know? 30 North Towns. Oh. A lot, a lot. Uh, well, you'll see it when we get there. You'll love it? Um, do you remember by the Silver River there was the one building that had the clock on it? Oh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And Sot nods. He knows what you're talking about. So, Tissa starts counting on her hands. There are so many buildings that are that big, but, like, long, too, and not all of them have clocks. Hmm. Yeah, only some of them have clocks. If they all had clocks, it would be very noisy on the hour. Cobb just kind of, like, sort of nods to that one. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure it'll be fine. Just don't get lost. (laughs) I'm great at following directions. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. (laughs) It's a very good one. So, Cobb takes a moment to sort of, like, sit down. So, what's up, Clara? You've, uh... Are you are you getting sick of our our morning morning jog? <laughs> I was sick of it when we started. <laughs> That's true. But you seem a little bit more sick of it today than usual. What's up? Oh, um well I'm going back to the fortress and I'm taking a couple of our uh, crusaders with me. Partially as an escort, partially because they have their own reports to make. But the rest are going to the what is the front lines so oh that's I mean that's why we asked for a lift that's part of what the Westbreaker was built to do right hmm true true and I haven't made enough headway on the book to be able to I don't know to help it is a pretty big book. Uh. Two successes and one edge on daring humanity. I don't know. I mean, I I know that like not everyone lives, but I don't know how you live with that. Yeah. Yeah, 
it never stops being hard. It's not gonna stop being hard. Until the fight's over. Which means I better get back to work. Is there anything, uh, any work we can do? <laughs> nope. <laughs> but thanks. So, Clara, before you go, and Cobb kind of is sort of just gazing off into the middle distance there. One of my old crew was from up north. Oh. Uh, but one thing he always said, and I guess this is something that we took to heart as well with what we were doing, is that if we don't learn from the mistakes of the past and work hard to fight against them, we will continue to repeat them and they will overwhelm us. Yep. And so I, I have a lot of respect for the, for the folks who are going there to deal with that part of our past. And the, the captain, well, that was one of the things that he also taught us, was that there are other ways that the past creeps into the world today. And not just up in the north somewhere, but uh, everywhere. And it's, it's important and it's up to us to find it and to fight back against it. And it's important to stick together while we do. Hey, do me a favor, guys. Mm-hmm. Once I've got off to go back to the fortress, look after the commander for me. Yeah, yeah. He's been moody lately, and he seems to like you guys, so... He's a big moody baby. Don't tell him I said that, he'll get mad. <laughs> we won't. We'll take care of Marcus for you. I might actually get in trouble. <laughs> okay. Okay, back to work. Bye! Okay, don't push your luck. I didn't Bye, learn Clara. anything! <laughs> Bye! <laughs> yeah, she learns whatever she wants. Reminds me of somebody, and then Cobb just kind of like slowly turns and looks at Penelope. Penelope's <laughs> not paying attention. She's eating a croissant. And Cobb just kind of rolls his eyes at the croissant and turns back. I think Sot's kind of hit a point where he's starting to kind of observe and follow Cobb's body language. So he also turns slowly to follow Cobb's gaze and look at Penelope. But he's kind of unable to deal with what she's doing. Uh, she kind of flicks a piece of lint off it, like, huh. Ah! <laughs> yeah, you'll learn to deal with that. Or not. Huh? What? Uh. Anyway, sh- uh, who- shall we take a tally of, of the treasure, then? Treasure! So, yeah, Cobb is, is going to sit down. He's going to say, um, Mr. Sot, do you, do you know how to read and write? Um, I wouldn't say I was top of my class. A little. It's been a while. Look, I haven't, I haven't been in school for decades. <laughs> and this is not the first time he's used this excuse. And you can tell by the look on his face that this will not be the last time he uses this excuse. <laughs> it's a good excuse. He's been hanging around Clara too much, I think. (laughs) This is actually something that catches Tissa's ear. And, like, all of a sudden, she's, like, swooped down here. He's like, no, 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 no. Um, 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 but this I actually do know. I don't know if I know how to teach, but this I I do know. I, I think he's pulling your leg, Tissa, but 
No, I wasn't. I wasn't joking. I I was not the best in my class at reading or writing. Well, there you go, then, Tessa. It, we can turn this into a uh, a lesson. This was how I learned to read and write. Uh, you're gonna help us run the logs. Uh. Okay. Tessa, yes, let's sir. go get the logbook. Mm-hmm. Or I guess the manifest. What would would be? Man, I don't know. I guess it'd be the yeah, it'd probably be the manifest. The trapper keeper. Yeah, the trapper keeper where all we where we put all the stuff in. <laughs> the trapper keeper that we keep all of our secret pirate notes in. Yes. <laughs> and the pirate teacher says, "Are you going to read that to the whole class?" <laughs> and a true pirate eats it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh. No eating the manifest. <laughs> I got three edge successes for my tracking roll on grabbing the manifest. So I'm going to interpret that as Tissa brings it back, but she is stopping like every foot or so to pick up a piece of paper that was not bound into the book that is like <laughs> yeah. loosely flying uh. and like sort of just like walk, stop, grab, walk, stop, grab. <laughs> I like that very much. This is the whole one. Maybe I shouldn't have gotten the whole one. Thud. That works just fine here. And and Cobb kind of heads over to a, a little area on the, the deck where there's... I think we've probably got a table or something set up so we can look at stuff. Okay. And he opens the manifest and, like, starts going through it, gets to the point where we get to the end, and he says, Oh, uh, we do need some ink. Tissa already has ink in your hand. Oh, oh, thank you. Anyways, um, let's go through them and catalog everything we've got here. Uh, Mr. Sot and and Cobb will sort right. of like help Sot go through like writing down things and trying to get him some reading and writing practice as we put all the stuff that we got in the treasure into the manifest. Right, right. Okay. I can count. I know how to count. I can... Let's count some, some shiny coins. So I guess the, the question then is, like, what exactly, other than we got the rum, we've got some, like, jewelry uh, and the cloak, is there anything else specifically, just coins? Yeah, there were some, some bags of coin. Okay. Then, yeah, uh, Cobb will, will go through and, and help Sot, and we'll count out all the coin and stuff that we got and write it all down in the manifest. I'm pretty sure that Tissa has never seen this much money in one place. You know, that, that tracks. That tracks, yeah. Penelope might not have either. No, I was going to say maybe, maybe, maybe at the big fairs or when we have the, like, maybe a couple times a year, the a community, surrounding communities get together and have, like, a, a farmer's market. But even then, probably not. Like, Yeah. This is pirate treasure. Yeah. Cobb is kind of getting a little into, like, serious business mode because this is, well, he's back at work, kind of. Mm-hmm. Someone is going to have to take finances at some point. Mm. Does no one in the party have finance? None of us have finance. Nope. Okay. <laughs> Penelope doesn't really money. <laughs> okay, good. Excellent. Cool. Actually, I believe canonically, if we rewind, eh, rewind the tape, rewind the tape, go back to episode one, I think it was canonically stated that no one in the party knows how to money. Oh, absolutely <laughs> not. I've been re-listening to some earlier episodes, gang. 
Oh yeah, no, like Tissa obviously is a wanderer. Like Cobb likes to spend money. He does like to spend money. Penelope has can like keep track of like what a household would encounter. Like you know, keep track of like livestock and what maybe crops and stuff like that a bit. But that was never her forte to begin with. I have a feeling Gregory was the one who ran the who ran the pocketbook. Yes. He tried his best to pass it on to Penelope being as, well, it's, it's good to pass on the knowledge, but... Especially to the eldest, right? Yeah. Mm. But she has a base knowledge of how to keep a tally book, but that's probably about it. Okay. So I think that means like Penelope might be the one best suited for this task in the party, <laughs> since she has a base knowledge of how to keep a tally book. Like, Cobb knows how to enter stuff, like... Cobb basically learned how to read and write doing data entry. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. But as to what you do with the money once you've entered it down and keeping track of it and that kind of stuff, that the captain did that. Well, okay, probably somebody else who the captain delegated to, but still. Probably a quartermaster. Yeah, that was not Cobb's job. He was... Oh, yeah, but again, and Penelope would have no... didn't really interact with what happened with the money once it was tallied. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah... We have at least logged all of the contents of our big, exciting pirate treasure find. Penelope kind of, like, looks at the book and kind of, like, looks at Sot and is, is thinking, you know, thinking about books makes me think, Sot, you could, you could be the character in a, in a tale, you know? Like, your story could have been told and passed down and you could be, like, a famous character, like, in history books and stuff. Maybe, I guess. Do we want to stop by the library? I mean, we can try looking at it up in Stageport. They have a lot of libraries and other resources like that there. You could you could be a famous pirate already, you know that? Huh. Wait, I know this one. Um, I know this one. And Sot kind of raises his hand. Hmm? Sometimes a pirate doesn't want to be famous. Sometimes <laughs> fame brings trouble with it. Right? He has a point. <laughs> That's a, that, that is a good point. He kind of nods. Yeah. The party is counting out their treasure. The treasure from their first ever haul as for real pirates, kind of. And the sun is high. The sea is gorgeous. Glittering as far as the eye can see. The translucent waves rising up. And... You're not far now from setting foot in the biggest city in all of Amilta. And before you go there, I think it is time for memories. It's memory time. Memory time. That's what do, I'm saying. Do. I'm saying it's memory time. It's memory time. I'm saying the time has come for memories. Do, do. It's time that we remember things. Do, 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 do. I am trying to do the stinger. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of have, like, two, actually. Mm hmm Finding the treasure was good. That was real cool. Like I said, it's the first treasure we found as a, as a group. Mm hmm But the conversation Clara had after the morning exercises was, was a really interesting look into her character and into the lives of the crusaders that fight on the front lines against the horrors and keep them at bay. Yeah, no, I, I really liked Clara this week. I think she was doing a good job. Yay. And by that, I mean Kat. 
<laughs> I was just, I, 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 I lose track because Clara's voice, as I've mentioned before, is just chaos cat. So <laughs> the line blurs sometimes. I also haven't learned anything. <laughs> well, you don't, don't say it. Make them, don't tell them. <laughs> Otherwise they'll never know. Bye, everybody. <laughs> no, we have to hear. We have to hear Tissa's memory. Okay, well, Kathleen's we have the to person. Hear Kathleen's involved. memory. Oh yes, Kathleen. <laughs> Go ahead and just give me a clean, clean read. If we have to hear Kathleen's memory, we have to hear Kathleen's memory. <laughs> Thank you. I thought that that would buy me enough time to uh, come up with what I was going to say. Actually, here's what I'm going to say. Memory time was. I was having a really rough evening. And recording tonight has helped turn things around for me. Oh, I'm so glad. And that's what I remember. And that's one of the things that RPGs can be great for. Mm. Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 I feel the same way a lot when playing, especially with, with you guys. So, yes. Oh. I always feel better on Wednesdays after a Skype session with the mm -hmm. Sword of Symphonies crew. This kind of game stuff is so great. It's like, it, it, you know, it can help you work out through stuff. And, you know, sometimes you just want, hey, I just want to take a break from everything. Let's go be fun pirates and <laughs> wanderers and cow folk who eat... Cow monsters. Bad, who eat bad <laughs> croissants. Like, sometimes you just want to do that. And, uh, and if any of y'all out there want to tell us about what you use games for... Cat, where can they find us? They can find us using the email form at peachgardengames.com or on Twitter at peachgardenrpgs. Um, we love you. We do, with all our hearts. Those are our hearts are terrible, but <laughs> we're doing our best. I don't know. I I'll be honest with you. I turned myself around and I went to my planet. I'm not on this planet tonight, <laughs> gang. Gang, I'm not on this planet. Well, but thankfully, we don't have to be on the planet anymore because the podcast is over. So join us next week, everybody. Maybe Cat will be back from her planet by then. Bye. You've got a whole week. We believe in you, Cat. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs>